0: Good morning to each one, greetings in Jesus name, it's good to be here and gathered with you all to worship our Lord together, welcome Aaron and Kelly and family, it's good to have you here, you can turn with me this morning to uh, 2nd Chronicles chapter 16. I was um, thinking about what I should title this uh, meditation devotional. Um, I didn't come up, I didn't write one down, um, but if I would title it, it would be something like, um, uh, let's see, what was I thinking? A perfect heart in rest. Um, so in Second Chronicles 16, verse 9, this will be our text verse. It says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose, whose heart is perfect toward him. And this was a um, man of God talking to Asa. It says, Herein thou hast done foolishly. Therefore, from henceforth thou shalt have wars. So I'd just like to... Um, Look a little bit deeper into this verse. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, show himself strong on the behalf, in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward Him. God is looking diligently throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward Him. He looks over in China, where they have many, um, I guess you call it an underground church, a secret church. At least they had um, back, I believe it was in the 90s. There probably still is quite a bit of that over there. He sees people whose heart is perfect toward him, and he is showing himself strong there. And also, um, here in America, he's looking for those whose heart is perfect toward him and in this congregation. He wants to display his power in us. I think it's interesting. It just says he's looking throughout the whole earth. Why? Because he wants to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Is my heart perfect toward him? Is your heart perfect toward him? I read over this um, in my devotions. It might have been uh, a week or so ago. And it just stood out to me. Is my heart perfect toward him? God. Um, So let's look at the first part a little bit. The eyes of the Lord, they are very powerful. Nothing is hid from them. We know that. There's um, I know in the New Testament, uh, I think it's in in Romans, where it says if we uh, no matter where we go, Paul is saying no matter where we go, the height nor depth, um, that's separating us from the love of God. But um, there isn't anything that is hid from God either. Everything is naked and open with him uh, to whom we have to do. Something like that. Um, in Psalms 33:18 it says, Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy. In Proverbs, For the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he pondereth all his goings. I think it's talking about God. He ponders all man's goings. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. And also in um, First Peter, where we're memorizing, it says, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. He will not show himself strong to those whose faces are against him, whose heart is turned from him. wants to show himself strong. Most of the time we think of um, God displaying power. A lot of times in the Old Testament it was big, big deals like, well here for Asa, um, one time the, I'll be reading over this, but the Egyptians and I guess the Lubims came to him and it was like, I think it was a thousand thousand, so a million people, and he only had like 400,000 or so. And he cried to the Lord and the Lord saved him. He showed himself the Lord showed himself strong to Asa. So that's what we kind of think of as being um, when the Lord shows himself strong, you know, like doing big, great things and big miracles that we ask him to. But what if it's only through the rest that he gives us? I'll get to that a little bit later. So I'd like to look a little bit at what is a perfect heart and why is God need a perfect heart? And why does he want that? In Genesis 17, verse 1, it says, And when Abram was ninety years old and nine, the Lord appeared unto Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. So just pondering on that verse a little bit, it seems like God wants us in our hearts to be perfect toward him simply because he is the Lord. He is Almighty. He is the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. seems like a lot of times when I'm um, struggling with something for my own heart, myself, um, it seems like there's just a little desire there or a little um, inkling to really go my own way. Um, this is just like I don't, I know that I should be, you know, praying, asking God to help me and to overcome this thing or to be holy toward him, but it seems like there's just a little bit of um, reservation, like I almost want to think this way or um, go my own way. It just feels a little bit good to hold um, to hold my own way. But is my heart really perfect toward God in everything? Do I really want to overcome my weaknesses? We need to flee evil and cling to that which is good. Uh, In Jeremiah 17, you can turn there with me. Talk a little bit more about our heart. Jeremiah 17, verses 9 and 10. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. There's also um, our tongue that is deceitfully, well, as it said, deceitfully wicked It's wicked and it's unruly. Who can tame it? And here it says, Our heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? But the Lord does know it. He searches our hearts and our intentions and our motives. And he knows how we are in our hearts. I know a lot of times David says, "Um, Search me and try me and know my ways. Um, It's just basically telling God to search him and see if there's any wicked ways in him. I think that's how we should, we should um, also have. That's how our heart should be toward God. Search us and know us, so that our heart can be perfect. Make our heart perfect toward Him. Um, now let's back up a little bit in verse seven of the same chapter, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters and that spreadeth out her roots or her um, foundations by the river and shall not see when heat cometh. But her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought. Neither shall cease from yielding fruit. I just like that verse 8. Verse 8. Are we feeling like we're in a drought, a um, restraint? Basically, a drought is a restraint of rain. Uh, there is no rain. So are we in a restraint of, um, of socialing? It doesn't look like it right now, <laughs> those of us who are here. Um, <clears throat> but maybe in other areas, if we have drought in our lives, um, if we hope in the Lord, whose hope is the who hope whose hope the Lord is, and our heart is perfect toward Him, He will make our leaves green, flourish, and fresh and uh, luxuriant. And He will not be careful; He won't be troubled about with care, um, anxious, or concerned, or afraid of the drought. And neither shall he cease from yielding fruit will yield through fruit through the dry seasons. <clears throat> then down in um, down in the chapter fourteen, it says, Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for thou art my praise. When the Lord does it, it's done. And it's done right. Let's turn back to Chronicles. I want to give a little bit of a background of Asa and um, what he did. Uh, chapter fourteen in Second Chronicles. Uh, let's read one through twelve. So Abijah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. And Asa, his son, reigned in his stead. In his days the land was quiet ten years. And Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. For he took away the altars of the strange gods and the high places, and brake down the images and cut down the groves, and commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to do the law and the commandment. Also he took away out of all the cities of Judah the high places and the images, and the kingdom was quiet before him. And he built fenced cities in Judah, for the land had rest, and he had no war in those years, because the Lord give, had given him rest. Therefore he said unto Judah, Let us build cities, and make about them walls, and towers, and gates, and bars, while well, the land is yet before us. Because we have sought the Lord our God, we have sought him, and he hath given us rest on every side. So they built and prospered. Uh, and then verse 9, And there came out against them Zerah the Ethiopian, with a host of a thousand thousand and three hundred chariots, and came to Marisha. Then Asa went out against him, and they set out and they set the battle in array in the valley of Zephatha at Marisha. And Asa cried unto the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on thee, and in thy name we go against this multitude. O Lord, thou art our God, let not man prevail against thee. So the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. I just love um, the way it says it in here. Asa did that which is right and good in the eyes of the Lord his God. Um, the end of um, another place where it says Asa's heart was perfect toward the Lord. Oh yeah, the end of chapter fifteen, almost verse seventeen. Um, nevertheless, the heart of ASA was perfect all his days um, and because his heart is perfect, I believe, because of that, God gave him rest. He had no war in those years, the beginning of chapter fourteen about the middle, keeps saying God had given him rest on every side and I like the picture um, that so God had given him rest he didn't Asa didn 't just Sit there. I mean, I guess lots of times he did, but then when the Ethiopians came, he didn't just sit there and say, Oh, God will take care of me. He actually did something about it. It's kind of like laboring to enter into that rest, like it says in the New Testament for us. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest. <clears throat> you can turn to number five hundred and one in your songbooks. Uh, I like, in verse 11 here, Asa cried unto the Lord his God and said, It is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. He felt like he had no power against the um, army of the Ethiopians. And he cried, Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on thee and in thy name we go. And I thought of this song. I guess basically it comes straight out of this passage um, of Scripture. even has it up there on the top of the song. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on thee, and in thy name we go against this multitude. So let's sing this song. Um, let's sing in unison to um, the second system there. We go not forth, alone against the foe, and then we can go into parts we we'll sing the first verse. No. Mm-hmm. We rest on thee and shield and are dear. 15, probably most of it, I might skip some portions of it, and the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of o- Oded, and he went out to meet Asa, and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you, while ye be with him, and if ye seek him, he will be found of you, but if ye forsake him, he will forsake you. Now for a long season, Israel... Has been without the true God, and without a teaching priest, and without law. But when they, in their trouble, did turn unto the Lord God of Israel, and sought him, he was found of them. And in those times there was no peace to him that went out, nor to him that came in, but great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the countries. Sounds like a drought to me. (laughs) No peace, but vexations of spirit. Vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the countries. Actually, maybe I think that's maybe talking about um, the countries round about Israel. A nation was destroyed of nation and city of city, for God did vex them with all adversity. Be ye strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. He will give to every man according to his fruit, like we read in Jeremiah. And when Asa heard these words in the prophecy of Oded the prophet, he took courage and put away the abominable idols out of all the land of Judah and Benjamin, and out of the cities which he had taken from Mount Ephraim, and renewed the altar of the Lord that was before the porch of the Lord. So his heart was perfect toward God, and he um, put away the sin that was among them. And he gathered all Judah and Benjamin and the strangers with them out of Ephraim and Manasseh and out of Simeon, for they fell to him out of Israel in abundance, when they saw that the Lord his God was with him. So they gathered themselves together at Jerusalem in the third month in the fifteenth year of the reign of Asa. And they offered unto the Lord the same time of the spoil which they had brought, seven hundred oxen and seven thousand sheep. And they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul, that whosoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel should be put to death, whether small or great, whether man or woman. And they swear unto the Lord with a loud voice and with shouting and with trumpets and with cornets. And all Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with all their heart and sought him with their whole desire, and he was found of them, and the Lord gave them rest round about. There it is again. They sought him with their whole desire, are we desiring the Lord? And he was found of them. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. And the Lord gave them rest. Immediately he just gave them rest round about. Uh, also concerning Maacah, the mother of Asa, the king, he removed her from being queen because she had made an idol in a grove. And Asa cut down her idol and stamped it and burned it at the brook Kidron. But the high places were not taken away out of Israel. Nevertheless, the heart of Asa was perfect all his days. And he brought into the house of God the things that his father had dedicated and that he himself had dedicated, silver and gold and vessels. And there was no more war unto the fifth and thirtieth Unto the five and thirtieth year of the reign of Asa. He was zealous for the Lord. Very much. So let's keep reading in 16. In the sixth and thirtieth year of the reign of Asa, Baasha, king of Israel, came up against Judah and built Ramah to the intent that he might let none go out or come in to Asa, king of Judah. Then Asa brought out silver and gold out of the treasures of the house of the Lord and of the king's house and sent to Ben-Hadad king of Syria that dwelt at Damascus saying there is a league between me and thee and there is, as there was between my father and thy father behold I have sent thee silver and gold go break thy league with Baasha king of Israel that he may depart from me and Ben-Hadad hearkened unto king Asa and sent the captains of his armies against the cities of Israel and they smote them and when Baasha heard it he left off building Ramah and caused the work to cease And then in in verse 7 And at that time Hanani, the seer, came to Asa, king of Judah, and said unto him, Because thou hast relied on the king of Syria, and not relied on the Lord thy God, therefore is the host of the king of Syria escaped out of thine hand. Were not the Ethiopians and the Lubims a huge host, with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet, because thou didst rely on the Lord, he delivered them into thine hand. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Hearing thou hast done foolishly, therefore, from henceforth thou shalt have wars. Then Asa was wroth with the seer and put him in a prison house, for he was in a rage with him because of this thing. And Asa oppressed some of the people at the same time. So I don't think that um, made made any difference to Asa if um, Hanani was put in prison. But he did because he was mad, I guess. Um, so I was really interested in this um, this story because it seems like I'm, you know, it's a common verse to hear for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. But it's in the context of um, Asa not relying on the Lord. For some reason, he just decided that he needed to, um, or he thought that he needed to um, have somebody else help him, even though the Lord wrought a great victory before. The, the eyes of the Lord would have um, shown himself strong again if Asa would have, um, would have looked to him for help instead of the king of Syria. Let's turn to the New Testament uh, in Hebrews 3. So we're talking about rest and our heart being perfect toward God. Hebrews 3 at the end of the chapter, uh, 18. And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Let us therefore fear, lest the promise being left us, beginning of chapter 4, lest the promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word word preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the (coughs) world sorry of the world and then um, six seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter it therein and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief and down verse 9 through 12 there remaineth therefore a rest to the people of god for he that is entered into his rest he also has ceased from his own works as god did from his let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. God knows our heart, and he can see um, all of our intentions and motives. And the word of God which we have right here, can um, do the same to us if we read it and study it. So I'm not um, going to uh, look so much on believing the Lord. We do have to believe, definitely, um, to enter into that rest. But um, I guess we have to believe God I guess my thoughts were that we have to believe God in order to seek him, and he will give us rest if we seek him with our whole heart and our whole desire. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. So how do we labor? We don't fight like Asa did. We don't rest um, in our country like they did, necessarily. Um... But then look at verse 12, the word of God. I don't think it's there by accident. It's saying, let us labor to enter into that rest. Then it says, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing to the abiding asunder of soul and spirit. I think um, what it's saying here is that our labor, that we need to labor for, is um, seeking the Lord, seeking him through his word. The word that is quick and powerful. And we can enter into that rest if we do seek him and seek, uh, look into his word and study his word. He will give us rest in our spirits. Call on the Lord like Asa did uh, when the Ethiopians came for help. And call him Abba, Father, or Father, Father. Romans eight fifteen. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So cry out to the Lord, and He will give us rest if we seek Him, and if we have a perfect heart toward Him. A heart a perfect heart is one that seeks God and which believes. Cry to our Father with a perfect heart, and he will be mighty in you even to the point of rest. God bless you, with that word.